0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Xfinity. Some things are slow, like snail races. Other things are fast, like Xfinity XFi. Get fast speeds, even when everyone is online, working to make Wi-Fi simple, easy, awesome. More at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply.
1: It's Thanksgiving week, one of our favorite weeks of the year. It's time to reflect, think about what we're
2: thankful for, and time to not do a new podcast. So, before we go, we're pulling together some of our favorite Thanksgiving how-tos from past shows.
1: Now, we know you may not love it uh, when we play old segments. we It's not our favorite thing. It's not. Uh, our favorite things are raindrops on roses. Yeah, and brown paper packages tied up with string. Keeping all that in mind, what we want to do is, is pump some new life into these segments in the best way we know how.
2: With the theme from Monday Night Football. Every holiday has uh, different rituals, different traditions. And uh,
1: one tradition is the wishbone. You, uh, rather creepily, honestly, you pull yeah. a bone from, from inside of a what well, was once a living thing, you dry it, and then you pull it to see who gets a wish. The turkey doesn't get a wish. Uh, the turkey would probably wish this, this
2: whole thing had never happened. That we never had access to this uh, part of his body, this bone. But how do you make sure that you win every time? Peter Moore from Men's Health Magazine has this tip.
0: Uh, well, of course, we turn to experts for every important thing that we cover in the magazine. And for this one, we turn to a man named F. Dustin Clark, who is the poultry health Veterinarian at the University of Arkansas. So you, you know you pick out your your pigeon. You know the person who you are going to contest the wishbone with.
1: Now is it they, is that a technical term? Pigeon.
0: <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's a metaphor for the uh, for the how easily this person will be duped. Okay, so we're going to present the wishbone and. Uh, for the snapping ceremony. And what you're going to do is grasp it as low down on the V of the wishbone as possible. Now, your opponent will not have heard this podcast, so they'll be grasping it elsewhere, maybe uh, farther down on the V so that there'll be more bone and won't be so close to the very strongest part of the wishbone, which is the the, uh, the crux of the V.
1: So, So what you're saying is that I want to grab it uh, nearest the intersection of sort of the three prongs of the the wishbone
0: you were you're, you're catching on here for all right sure. but see now the idea here is because you think its you know this will be like uh, arm wrestling where you want to get to jump on your opponent and make a strong move. This is the exact opposite grasshopper. What we want to do is to let the opponent 's strength beat him or her. So you are going to grasp it, but you're not going to pull it all. You're just going to hold on tight. You're going to be a vice grip on the thing and let your opponent pull. And what often happens in that circumstance is that the uh, opponent pulls out and up thinking that they're going to be able to snap it against you by using their strength. In fact, what it's going to do is transfer the force from the from the intersection between the two parts of the wishbone to the uh, vulnerable, weak side that they're working on.
1: So to, to summarize, I'm going to grab my side as near to where it's attached to my opponent's side as possible, and I'm just going to hold on and let uh, him or her pull. Yes. All right.
0: Their, their force is going to be used against them. It's a very Zen thing.
1: And um, do you uh, do you know what? Since you're probably guaranteed to win your wishbone pull, do you know what what you're going to wish for?
0: Oh my goodness! I guess what I would do is uh, wish for the lion's share of the turkey gravy on the hot gravy sandwich I'm going to have uh, the next day.
2: That sounds pretty good. It's yeah. a pretty yeah. modest wish, really.
0: Well, you, you expect me to say world world
2: peace? It's Thanksgiving, and that means
1: time for Thanksgiving dinner. Which means very likely it's time for awkward conversations
2: with your family. So how do you get out of those moments? On the line with this now is David Axelrod, a former political advisor to President Obama. So David,
1: it, it occurs to us that uh, a lot of the skills a politician needs in a debate and in dealing with other politicians, that those skills might, might be helpful, applicable to uh, dinner with the family.
3: Uh, yeah, actually, I've found dealing with uh, politicians easier than dealing with Thanksgiving dinner uh, with the family. You know.
2: Well, so okay, as a as a strategy guy, as an advisor to to politicians, what do you tell them? Like, how do you tell them to deal with questions that they really don't want to answer?
3: Well, first of all, you want to steer the conversation. Right? In my family, uh, you want to steer away from any reference to my uh, wedding where uh, they got into such a heated dispute that my mother left and we weren't sure until five minutes before the ceremony whether she was going to actually attend. Uh, So rule number one, choose the topics carefully. Uh, Choose the innocuous topics that aren't going to set off the fireworks. Rule number two, pay special attention to the seating and keep the combatants far from each other.
2: Well, so okay, we want to we want to put your skills to the test. Are you ready to do this?
3: Well, um, I'm frightened, but I'm willing to move forward. We
1: uh, a lot of our listeners have written in with the awkward subjects likely to come up at their Thanksgiving dinners, and we want you to to play the role of the Thanksgiving victim, somebody who's at the table. This comes up, and you need to somehow deflect
3: it. Okay.
2: All right. Okay. So your first role. Uh, this is Brent. And he anticipates at his Thanksgiving, people are going to ask him, So, Brent, how long have you been single? What's going on there?
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, I would say, uh, well, tell me about you. How long have you been together? How did you guys get together? I'm really interested in that. And I'd I'd, uh, turn the subject. But I want to also retain always, there's like an outcard. And I don't know, it may be different in every city. Here in Chicago someone brings up something awkward, uh, the, the outcard is always, how about those bears? Oh, okay. And that, that creates a whole nother set of grievances.
2: What was, what was so well done with what you did for Brent was you not only steered the conversation away, but you flattered the questioner.
3: Yes, which is a skill you learn in politics, right? You want to make people feel good about themselves. So turning the conversation back on them is often a good technique. I highly recommend that.
2: Okay, so here, here's another one. This is from Catherine, and it's not so much a question as it is a topic she anticipates coming up around the table uh, due to the to the relative age of everybody there, and that's colonoscopies. <laughs> and people either sharing stories or asking advice. So imagine you're Catherine, and people around the table start talking about colonoscopies.
3: I would say. You seem so interested in it. Can you go up on uh, the turkeys up there? Why don't you demonstrate <laughs> how it's done? And maybe, that'll pull, maybe that will uh, stop the conversation.
2: Okay, here's, here's another one. And this is from Ellen. And it sounds like for her family gathering, a uh, lot, of, lot of people, maybe people they don't see very often, and Ellen anticipates that her cousin, who recently announced uh, that he was a furry, meaning he wears uh, usually like a mascot costume, say full animal costume no part of his body exposed she, sa- she says it's a wolf she anticipates that her furry cousin will be there and things might get a little weird in his costume she she says he may uh
1: come out mid meal in his wolf costume
3: well first of all i hope he comes out at the end of the meal in his wolf costume because if his meals are anything like my meals that wolf costume's going to have to go right to the cleaners so that's one approach: is to say, "Listen, that is the greatest wolf costume I ever saw." You don't want to get all full of turkey and gravy and and pecan pie, and just you know make a, and identify with the wolf posing cousin. How does a cousin? How does the cousin eat through the? Does the wolf costume permit that? That's, That's a, good a good question. Yeah,
1: I mean, imagine you can probably you can probably get gravy through the mesh,
3: <laughs> but anything solid. All the more reason. That this might not be the right time to
2: wear the costume. But, but you know what? This is a situation where you really don't want to ask, how about them bears?
3: No. No, that could create all kinds of resentments and turmoil. All
2: right. David Axelrod, thanks so much. Okay.
3: Good to see you.
1: You know what I think I'm going to do at uh, Thanksgiving dinner? What? Well, my family, like many families, we go around the table and we say what we're thankful for. And that, I actually, I generally take pretty seriously. Mm -hmm. I think it's good to take stock. This year, I think I'm going to memorize the following sponsor credits and just say that to my family. So my sister is gonna be like, I'm so thankful for my family and that all of us um, have the chance to get together uh, at this time. And I'm gonna say, I am thankful for Herman Miller. Uh, Herman Miller helps organizations of all sizes uh, create great places to work, spaces that support your employees, your customers, your business goals. And no matter what the budget, I'm thankful that Herman Miller has programs and tools in place to make this kind of workplace accessible. Create an office that can grow with you and help your people do their best work. I'm thankful that you can learn more at hermanmiller.com/npr./ I'm thankful for that. That's great. Thanksgiving for many people is uh, the biggest feast of the year. So how do you maximize that? How do you actually eat as much as
2: possible? Joining us now is a competitive eater. Ian the Invader Hickman.
1: Hey, yeah, uh, Producer Nadia here. Before we get to Invader's advice, let me say, do not try this at home.
4: Uh, I would say to start with, of course, expanding your stomach and ways that you can do that. I uh, don't advise it. Just definitely be careful, kids but uh you know you can drink uh, a lot more water than you usually do in a shorter amount of time um so just, these are
2: you know, ian these are things that you do to prepare for a competition right
4: that is correct that is correct yeah i would um i would drink um about a gallon in uh, about 2 minutes time wait what a gallon, gallon of water <laughs> And and what's even crazy is that a lot of the guys on the circuit now can, you know, do this.
1: Don't do this.
4: In less than a minute.
1: Now, does that what you're doing is basically stretching things out to make room for food. Does that hurt when you put down that much water that fast?
4: When I look back on it, you <laughs> you you really develop a pain tolerance for these things. Okay. That's really what it comes down to. I think because the human stomach can expand like four times. No, no.
0: You know, the
4: size is just what prevents us from eating it is obviously the pain that's coming from, oh, I don't know, your stomach pushing against your kidneys and your uh, lungs and all this other stuff, you know.
2: That sounds horrible.
4: It's kind of crazy, right?
2: You feel pain. That way your body tells you to stop doing something, right? You got it. And so what you're trying to do is trick your body into not feeling that pain so that you just keep... stuffing turkey and food into your stomach
4: in high in hindsight looking looking at it it sounds completely crazy
2: but, but it works
4: but it works yeah that's right
1: so let's say though I really want to go for it on Thanksgiving is there anything to my the way I eat like a chewing strategy or anything that's gonna help me put the most food down
4: using your molars um, using the you know the back Part of your uh, your your mouth there with the teeth. That's going to help uh, you use. it's going to help like prolong your jaw strength. Oh, okay. okay. So believe it or not, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, like things like that. Uh, but what's good about Thanksgiving is that you know you're really not you're not having a speed contest. This is more of a challenge in regards to not time but uh, how long you can last.
2: It's yeah. It's like an endurance. It's it's a, it's straight
4: right? up endurance is exactly right.
2: Is there anything else like? Is like a posture that I should adopt? Like, because I imagine I'll just be kind of slumped over by the end. By the time we get to like the coffee part if of you, the meal,
4: if you can, if you can, try and sitting upright. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you really want to throw your uh, family members for a loop, just stand and, and hold your plate because <laughs> it's, it's really going to help you uh, eat more because it's, it's it's just more room for your uh, stomach to sit. I love yourself. that
2: idea. <laughs> Are you thankful for anything else besides Herman Miller?
1: Naturebox.com. At Naturebox, they understand your life is busy and there's not always time to get to the store. Naturebox makes it easy to start snacking smarter.
2: Is it true, I don't know a lot, but is it true that you can choose from over 100 tasty options like sriracha, roasted cashews, and French toast granola or fill out a snack profile and get personalized recommendations delivered right to your door? I
1: think that's what I'm thankful for most of all. And that you can spend more time doing what you love and less time trying to find parking. And that there's an internet. I'm thankful for the internet where there's websites like naturebox.com slash everything. And I'm thankful for an offer that if you go to that website. You can get 50% off your first
2: box now. And I'm thankful for my family. If you're still listening to this podcast, we want to tell you that there are also other options out there. For example, NPR's Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. If you need a few more minutes away from your family,
1: uh, download
2: it and uh, catch up on what is
1: good in pop culture.
2: Jesse Thorne will interview famous people like Elvis Costello and Margaret Atwood, and he'll tell you all about new TV shows you could listen to, books to read, movies to see.
1: Find Bullseye Now
2: at iTunes under podcasts. We heard from Laura. Laura says she listens to How to Do Everything while sending out acceptance and rejection notices for an academic journal. Laura, these next 15 seconds
1: are for you. Laura, I hope you let him down easy.
2: Or accept them with open arms. That's the perfect song to play right now. By Journey. Unless, of course, you're rejecting them.
1: I don't, I mean, I don't know what kind of academic journal you work for. But I think this submission, this person uh, spelled knowledge with a three. With a, a number three and lowercase three. Reject this, Laura. That does it for today's show. And we just we just played some old segments today. So we're not going to talk about what we learned, but do you want to say what you're thankful for?
2: I'm thankful that I have my health. I have a beautiful family. I have, a, I have shelter that I can come to. And I have uh, beautiful co-workers that I love. How about you? Uh, it's the simple things, mm-hmm. you know. People
1: measure wealth in different ways. I measure it in um, having lots of money. Material mm-hmm. possessions. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Nadia, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful that so many restaurants in Chicago serve tater tots. Huh. This is a new thing for me, and it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and my cat robes Pierre. How to Do Everything is produced by the grateful Nadia Wilson with technical direction from the ungrateful Lorna White. Our
2: intern this week is Bob the Bunny. He lives in Sarah's backyard. Bob, you
1: you were a bunny of few words, and I like that. You spoke through your actions, mostly hopping. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. You can visit our
2: website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks.
0: Support for this NPR podcast comes from Nature's Way, maker of Sambucus, drug-free supplements made from the elderberries that are only grown at the perfect altitude and hand-picked at their peak. It's part of their commitment to let traditional wisdom lead the way. Learn more at naturesway.com.